0: Welcome to Torah Talk, a program that challenges 2,000 years of misunderstanding and neglect of the Torah, God's law. In this show, we will be threshing ideologies by examining these scriptures in their Hebraic contexts. Our goal is to separate the wheat from the chaff, the truth from misconception, This program is sponsored by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic congregation in Thornton, Colorado.
1: Shalom, lovers of the Torah, and thank you for choosing to listen to Torah Talk. I'm your host, Pastor Mark. Today I want to share briefly with you about the roots of Easter. As you know, Easter is the highest and holiest day of the year for most Christians. It has defined them and partly influenced them in the adopting by and for themselves a new weekly day of worship called Sunday. Though the vast majority of Christians embrace and celebrate Easter, most, if not all of them, are in the dark concerning the paganism mixed into it. The sad thing is that many Christians, not all, but many, when they do discover the paganism that permeates their celebration, they write it off with no concern at all. But for a growing number of Christians who embrace the Bible as being inspired by God, these issues and insights are important. An increasing number of Christians are rejecting the syncretized and man-made holidays and are returning to God's holy days as revealed in the Bible and fulfilled in Yeshua the Messiah. To these courageous returnees, we dedicate this podcast. May it encourage you and yours as you come back to the Jewish Messiah, the renewed covenant, the Torah written on your hearts, and the Commonwealth of Israel. Welcome home. So those who love the truth, Shema, listen up. I'm going to begin in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 28 through 30. These are the laws concerning <clears throat> idolatry. So in verse 28, it starts out by saying, Take care and listen to all these words that I'm commanding you, so that it may go well with you and your children after you forever, when you do what is good and right in the eyes of Adonai your, your God. When Adonai, your God, cuts off before you the nations that you are going in to dispossess, when you have dispossessed them and settled in the land, be careful not to be trapped into imitating them after they have been destroyed before you. Do not inquire about their gods, saying, How do these nations serve their gods? I will do the same. You are not to act like this toward Adonai, your God. So again, these are uh, referred to as the laws of idolatry. Even when we come to the apostolic scriptures, we discover this emphasis on being pure and holy before God and, and worshiping him in spirit and in truth. That there's actually prerequisites and guidelines to how we worship God. This is so important for us to understand. John 4 and verse 23 Uh, 324 states this, this is Yeshua, the son of man speaking. And he says, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the father seeks. God is a spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. So right here we have laid out before us in the words of Messiah, the worship is vitally important to God and that when we worship God, we, we need to worship him on his terms, not our own. We need to worship him in the spirit and also in the truth. Pagan forms of worship and mixtures, they're false and they're forbidden. We're not to include those in the worship of God. We're not to mix those when we worship God. He is the true and living God. His name is jealous. He's jealous over us. And he will not tolerate us taking pagan forms of worship, repackaging them and offering it up to him. We are forbidden to bring pagan forms and practices and to mix them with the true forms of worship that God has already given us. We are forbidden to take pagan forms and offer them up to him. This was both true in the days of Moses and was true in the days of Yeshua the Messiah. But because Christianity broke its own branches off of the olive tree of Israel and rejected the writings of Moses and the prophets, she lost her way in regard to what it means to worship God in spirit and in truth. In regard to true worship, she exchanged truth for deception and has fallen into the realm of idolatry. Let me give you an example. Her greatest, highest, and holiest religious worship celebration of the year also includes a pagan goddess and a bunny that lays colored eggs. Christianity calls this day Easter. So here are some questions. Where do they get the ideas to pay homage to a pagan goddess and a bunny that lays colored eggs? Certainly not from the Torah, not from the prophets, nor the apostolic scriptures. So where does she get these ideas? I suggest that she got them straight from the pagan nations that she's lived in. So, for example, one of the many Elohim or false gods in the nations, specifically the Anglo-Saxon nations, is a goddess called Ostera. The Encyclopedia Mythica states quote, In ancient Anglo Saxon myth, Astera is the personification of the rising sun. In that capacity, she is associated with the spring and is considered to be a fertility goddess. She is the friend of all children, and to amuse them, she changed her pet bird into a rabbit. This rabbit brought forth brightly colored eggs which the goddess gave to the children as gifts. From her name and rites, the festival of Easter is derived. And that's a fascinating bit of information. And I think it explains some of the uh, culture and traditions and customs that have come down to us in this celebration called Easter. You can go to the Encyclopedia Mythica online and uh, get some of that information. Uh, there's a number of... Uh, Pretty good resources out there that uh, give us some understanding about how and when these customs uh, came into this celebration called Easter. Now, um, there may be some debate whether the word Easter is derived from the Saxon pagan goddess named Astera or to the older Germanic goddess Eostra es- or whether it is derived from the religiously neutral German term uh, that references the dawn or sunrise. But there are primarily two indisputable facts related to this discussion. Number one, among the Anglo-Saxons, Ostera was a pagan goddess who was the personification of the rising sun. The tradition states that she changed her pet bird into a bunny rabbit and laid colored eggs for all the children. That's indisputable. Number two, from the Anglo-Saxon version of paganism, the church developed its rites and customs of Easter. Now think about it. The Christian Easter bunny, that, that, that Christian Easter bunny that lays colored eggs, and those, those eggs are, are hidden by parents, of course, and religious leaders, uh, and, and, and you know the children come out then and hunt for those uh, colored eggs. That custom comes right from this ancient Anglo-Saxon tradition. It's rooted firmly in pagan idolatry, and it's not in any way related to the true worship of God. This this custom of, of, of the colored eggs coming from an Easter bunny, which we hide for the children, that's not rooted in the scriptures. It's not even found in the scriptures. It's actually a pagan form of worship given to an ancient goddess, a fertility goddess. And that's forbidden for us to play around with. Now, also, in addition to that, we have the sunrise services where Christians gather and face east on Easter to worship with the rising sun. This too, this custom too, is rooted in pagan idolatry. You know, ancient Israel was doing something very similar and then God rebukes them via the prophet Ezekiel. It's found in Ezekiel chapter eight. And Ezekiel is listing out the sins of the nation. And uh, so God God is speaking to to Ezekiel. And he says in verse 15 of Ezekiel chapter eight, he said to me, do you see this son of man? Yet you will still see greater abominations than these. He had just been explaining to uh, uh, Ezekiel the sins of the nation. And he goes on and says, there's even greater abominations that are occurring. Verse 16. Then he brought me to the inner court of the Lord's house. And behold, at the entrance of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about 25 men with their backs to the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east. And they were prostrating themselves eastward toward the sun. And it's pointed out in uh, Jewish commentary after Jewish commentary, that this was a form of paganism in terms of a worship practice. Where people worshiping the sun would face toward the rising sun as they worshiped. And Israel here is blending that. They're, they're actually worshiping the Lord, but in a way that the pagans worship their gods. They're actually facing the east at the rising of the sun and worshiping the Lord. And God said, Don't do that. That's exactly what He said in Deuteronomy. Don't learn their ways. Don't adopt their practices and repackage repackage that and offer it up to me. It's a mixture. I'm a jealous God. I demand purity and holiness in regards to how you approach me. And so uh, Israel, of course, was rebuked in the days of Ezekiel. In fact, God brought tremendous judgments uh, because of their idolatry, as a result of their idolatry. So in summary, thus far, Easter is a syncretized holy day in that it mixes pagan forms of worship and customs with the resurrection of Jesus. It is the invention of church leaders who rejected the Jewish people and the writings of Moses and opted to redefine holiness as they identified with pagan Rome. Today, even the pagans are rebuking Christians for stealing their traditions. This is from a very popular book called The Ancient Ways, Reclaiming Pagan Traditions. And I want to point out that uh, there are many uh, scholars who have PhDs in paganism and are actually neo-pagans themselves that are basically doing a lot of work to prove that Christianity simply took much of the paganism around them and repackaged it and then tried to claim that it was their their uh, uh, um, origins or it was their 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 inventions when in fact it was simply, Stolen from the pagans And repackaged and offered up to their god So this is from that book Ancient Ways Replay- Reclaiming Pagan Traditions I'm going to go to the conclusion of this book Page 220 And it says this quote: It is a fairly safe guess That most of us were raised In a Judeo-Christian tradition And that the seasonal celebrations Of our parents and grandparents Were some of the most wonderful times Of our childhood As we grew up, we questioned the religious beliefs of our parents, and eventually many of us found our way back to the old gods and the old religion. One of the most painful parts of this spiritual quest was having to give up those wonderful family traditions that gave us so much joy in our childhood. But it isn't so. Some of the most wonderful traditions practiced by our parents and grandparents are purely pagan in origin. So go ahead and celebrate the customs of your childhood. Send valentines. Dye eostra eggs. Bring a fir tree into your house and decorate it with ornaments that came down in your family. And know in your pagan heart that what you do is a traditional way of honoring the old pagan gods. And when someone says to you, I thought you were a pagan. Why do you have a Christmas tree in your house? you can look them straight in the face and say, because it's a pagan tradition. Why do you? Unquote. That's amazing. That's such a powerful statement. You know, it just kind of like challenges this whole idea that somehow Easter arises out of the Bible rather than out of paganism. And certainly Easter includes the celebration, of the resurrection of Jesus. My point is, It's not a purely pagan holiday, it's a syncretized holiday where you take something that is actually true, like the resurrection of the Son of God, and you mix it with pagan forms of worship. And after mixing it all up together, you offer that up to God as some type of offering. That is what's forbidden in the Word of God. Let me me just clarify this. Christians do not worship this pagan goddess They simply inquired of the pagans, how they worshiped these false gods, and then imported their traditions into their worship of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And again, this is the very thing that God forbids us to do. He forbade us through Moses. Don't do it. And also through the Messiah. Don't do these things. So why do Christians continue in this glaring and blatant syncretism filled with idolatry? I want to just kind of posit the idea that due to neglecting the writings of Moses, even rejecting the writings of Moses and the prophets for nearly 2,000 years, it has resulted, it has resulted in their inability to really see clearly what this is all about. When it comes to worshiping in spirit and in truth, many believers, many Christians, are profoundly ignorant of these issues. Their hearts are right, but their practices are permeated with the filth of paganism. So what is the answer? What is the answer for Christians who love the word of God? Teshuvah. Return. A return to covenant faithfulness for believers in Messiah, a return to to the covenant is essential in in becoming all that we are called to be as disciples of Messiah. We're to humble ourselves and to come back into the commonwealth of Israel. We're to ask of the Spirit of God to help us to unpack the Torah that God has placed deep in our hearts. And to read the apostolic scriptures anew in their historical and cultural contexts. And I want to tell you just just straight out, the writings of Moses are actually the theological constructs and contexts of the words of Jesus. I want to challenge you to begin to give up your pagan ways and pagan days and to embrace the ways of God and his holy days for your life encourage you today, I, I just encourage you to find a Messianic congregation and begin attending on Shabbat. Your spiritual fathers are not Ignatius, Barnabas, and Justin Martyr. Neither are they Calvin and Luther. In Messiah, your spiritual fathers are Moses and the prophets and the patriarchs going all the way back to Abraham and Sarah. Let me read for you the prophet Isaiah. Chapter 51, 1 through 2. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn, to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave birth to you in pain. When he was but one, I called him. Then I blessed him and multiplied him. Isn't it time to come back to the word of God? Isn't it time to come back to the covenant? Isn't it time to come back to the ancient people of Israel of whom you were grafted into through the Messiah, Jesus the Messiah? Isn't it time that we come back to covenant faithfulness? I want to tell you right now, God's holy days are filled with awe and wonder. They're filled with many, many, many traditions that are rooted in the word of God. They are clean, they are holy, they are pure, they are filled with joy. All of his holy days point forward to Messiah. They find their fullness in the Messiah. We do not need syncretism of those days. We do not need paganism to enjoy the redemption that we have in our Lord. We need to come back to him with hearts towards him and towards his word and towards his ways. This is what God has called us to be and to do in Messiah. So that concludes our program for this week. A special thanks to our great King, Yeshua, the Messiah, our listeners and supporters for making this podcast possible through your prayers and financial giving. Thank you. Know that in your prayers and giving, you are partnering with us as we advance the kingdom of of Messiah in Israel the US, and throughout the world. We are a highly rated and listened to Messianic podcast on iTunes under the category of Judaism. Subscribe now. Pray with us. Give financially. Share the vision and power of this podcast with everyone you know. Baruch Hashem. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm your host, Pastor Mark, and until our next show, may the Lord bless you and keep you May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Prince of Peace, Yeshua the Messiah. Shalom.
0: Torah Talk has been brought to you by The Harvest a Messianic Charismatic Congregation located at 8891 Hose Boulevard in Thornton, Colorado. Your host has been Pastor Mark McClellan. Join us for Sabbath services at 1 p.m. next Saturday afternoon. For more information, please call us at 303- 761- 9948 or visit our website at www. Grafted in. That's G R A F T E D I N. dot com. God bless you and Shalom.